It's like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke. And with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. Slightly under the weather still. She's uh, kicking butt and here regardless. Um, if you've never listened to the podcast before, Movie Club was started a few years ago uh, as a way of making sure Corey and I were watching new movies. And not just watching movies we've seen a billion times, but we wanted to you know, start knocking some of these movies off of our uh, checklist, our gap list, whatever you want to say. And... Um, we started doing themes in like the middle of year one. I think definitely by year two we were doing themes. And right now, the month of September 2019, we are doing the theme of remakes. These are films that Corey and I have seen an original version of, but not the remake. And for our first episode tonight, we will be reviewing Dawn of the Dead from 2004, um, which I had never seen before. But I'm a big fan of George Romero's original um, and so I will heavily be comparing this movie to that when we get to it. But first, we like to talk about what we've been watching and just catch up in general because, you know, we do these podcasts together because we're friends. Are we? I mean, I'm kidding. Ouch. Um, I'm totally kidding. I remember when we weren't friends. I, I mean, I think we were we acquaintances. Were little, uh, we were a little hostile. Hostile, yes. We were younger and we were both extremely opinionated. Uh, we still are. But I think I've we're more cooled off. Yeah, and we're more willing to like have an. It's okay that we don't agree on things. Like it's 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 all right. Um, I do. I want to not rub this in your face per se, but oh, well. for a few years you were coming back to Florida, uh, and we, you, m- myself, <sighs> and Brendan would go to Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, and we, it was like a tradition, and we haven't gone for like two years now. I think it's actually this will be three years. This but will be three. I, I feel like I need to, A, I hope you guys are going, B, please don't tell me about it because I'll be sad and jealous, but I feel like I need to defend myself because Bill and I had a lot of life changes. We bought a house, which is like, guys, they tell you your house payments don't change, like, if you don't get a variable mortgage that's not true especially in a city like boise where we are experiencing exponential growth um something like 49 people on average move into the valley every day i think that was last year's number i think it's even more now um so our property taxes go up and like even last year it went up 50 dollars a month which you know i feel like our house payments are already expensive and we also have to pay for water sewer trash and all these other expenses that you don't have to worry about when you're paying for an apartment. Um, so that took a, and then Bill and I both changed jobs, but I'm hoping next year I'll be able to come home because we've had some more life changes, but good ones recently. Mm. Um, so I, I'm feeling pretty I mean, positive about that. You've definitely taken a little air out of my rubbing your face in it uh, with that whole spiel. <laughs> Um, I wasn't trying to, to prompt you to – all I was going to say is I don't know if you know this or not, but Big Tuna is yeah. working at Halloween Horror Nights this year. What? Yeah, and he uh, he got to go tonight, um, and he, he previewed uh, – he went to the Ghostbusters house. Oh, um, cool. And the Universal Monsters and the Killer Clowns from Outer Space and said they were all really good. Um, and oh, on nice. this past Wednesday night, he was working in the Us house, you know, the uh, Jordan Peele's mm. Us and uh, he, he said it didn't seem scary, but he really thinks the sets are awesome. Um, and he hasn't done the rest yet. But uh, he sent me a picture 
of a big sign, like a big pillar that says Starcourt Mall, um, because you know they have Hell a Stranger yes. Things location. So, uh, you know, those listeners who are fans of Halloween Horror Nights, Big Tuna, who's been on this uh, pod, well, he's been on um, Top Five. I don't think he's been on Movie Club, um, but he, you know, he's contributed to Burke Review several times. Uh, if you um, if you value his thoughts. He's saying, hey, hey, so far, Halloween Horror Nights is pretty solid, um, and I want to I mean, go. I feel like you and Brendan should go, because in the next year when I come home, we are definitely going, and I don't know if I'm going to need to pay you money or what I'm going to have to do, but you have to ride a ride with us. Um, so, <laughs> I feel like... I I feel like if I can sit on a plane and it takes me 10 hours to get there and then 10 hours back home, just one ride, please. Well, I will say one thing that has uh, – I don't like rides, listeners, at all. But one thing that oh has God, held me back for a long time is my weight um, because I was even more paranoid about rides being, like, over 300 pounds. Um, right now, I am under 300 pounds. Uh, I am – uh, just over 60 pounds lost since January. Nice! That's and, 13 more than last time. Yes, and uh, I will, um, by by next September, I will definitely be at my goal weight, uh, no no question. Um, and so I'd be a little more, I won't be paranoid about my weight. Now, I do want to point out, I did ride the, the Gringotts ride with you guys. You did. And I, and was, I think you were flipping out the whole time. I chilled after about half. <laughs> uh, the first half I was very flipping out. Um... But I, I did finally, you know, I relaxed a little, and uh, I did have a good time. We did have a nice, delicious butter beer, something that oh, so good. Gotta have. Uh, even I went um, with my yearbook crew uh, not a few weeks, well, about two months ago. We went and uh, we had a workshop in June, and what part of the reward of the workshop was getting universal tickets for the staff that went. And nice. so um, we didn't spend that long because it also started storming about halfway through our day. But we I mean, were there Florida. for. About, Three or, three or four hours and we had enough time to get a, a butterbeer and enjoy that um my colleague was also a very very pregnant um she's even more pregnant right now but uh she was still like i think seven months maybe eight months not eight months uh six months um in june so she you know but she's so tough uh it like she i'm very oh, much like time. i want to protect kind of thing i'm like oh should you lift that and she's just like scoffs at me she's this baby i think three and she's like, whatever. Women I'm are good. badasses. I know. And like, I, I am, I'm just like, you know, I just want to help. I don't want to be a jerk is my concern. I don't want to, like, not help. You know what I'm saying? I don't yeah, want to be that not guy at least offer. Um, yeah. But so, like, the whole day I was just like, uh, are you sure this isn't, it's not too much walking? And she's just like, dude, chill. I'm like, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> um, uh, I, I work with her and her husband. They're both good friends, uh, good work friends. Um, I'd be willing to be more than just good work friends, but, you know, time. Um but they're they're both they're they're awesome and uh is she she's not a part of the yearbook staff but I, she's like 100 percent like school spirit supporter um so i asked and she didn't even hesitate even though again pregnant uh, she's like yeah i'll come i'm like oh thank you because my whole staff that went were all female so i needed a female chaperone uh as well so i couldn't you know for uh pr- proper etiquette um and so i asked her and she immediately said yes and uh, we had a good time at Universal. I didn't ride anything, though, um, but I did get a Butterbeer. But if we go next year, I will not ride the the rock and roller coaster thing. Like, that is out of the question. Um, almost any of the indoor things I will suffer through, even though I will still be scared. Okay. Um, but I will. I, I cannot do that one. That one's too, too life-threatening. I really feel like 
I really feel like you guys should just like take a day off of work and it should just be like an all day and all night at Universal like Islands of Adventure you know Halloween Horror Nights I I really like to push the limits of our friendship here (laughs) I mean I I don't know if I can afford it but I I I rode the Jurassic Park ride once um, because I'm a Jurassic Park fanatic like I'm a really really big Jurassic Park fan and I had to ride it Um, like I you know it's it was but have you ever been on it I don't it's a water ride like um so you like you're like on the river and like there's dinosaurs pop out and that was awesome but uh at one point there's this huge drop like it is so steep in my in my opinion and i the picture we didn't buy the picture i kind of wish i had because you know it's it's all it is is like the the bar that goes across your stomach right and it's like a big bench seat so there's like four or five people on the bench i think and i am literally like hugging the, the bar like i am yes. wrapped my arms around it and squeezing it um because i was so scared of the drop it was so much uh and i just felt like i was gonna fall out like i knew i was gonna fall out so i'm just like tightly hugging this thing i wish i'd bought the picture um as embarrassing as it was at the time now i'm like uh oh, it's kind of fair um it is not something i i like to do but uh i do like islands of adventure and i don't know how much longer we're gonna have uh, the marvel part of it because you know disney owns marvel and that oh, contract's expiring oh, soon with Universal, so. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. But um, I also really want to go see the new Star Wars uh, park in Orlando, but that's going to be a long time before I can do that. Disney's expensive. How much is it now? I don't It's like 160 bucks. I think, a ticket or something like that. Holy hell. Yeah, Even for Florida residents? Yeah, it might be a little cheaper, but it's it's over 100 um per ticket and then that's like i think that's single park even and then like if you do they have payment options for like the season passes but you have to put like a big chunk down like it's like 300 bucks a ticket down for the season pass i have no idea how anybody can afford it um i made other choices in my life and like student loan debt will always be a, a you know a cross to bear so to speak um i do have a master's degree but i'm a teacher so it doesn't balance out um I just have a lot of debt and a lot of knowledge and a lot of people who listen to me, which is kind of cool, but it, it doesn't pay the Disney, you know, <laughs> the Disney passes. So, um, yeah, you know, I live very close to two movie themed uh, amusement parks and can't afford to go to either. Um, but I live close enough to uh, Legoland and I have many students that work there. So I get free passes to Legoland. But that's rad. Yeah, I don't ride rides. So it's not that appealing to me, um, but you know it's all good. Uh, yeah, so that's kind of my, you know, that's that was not our week. That we just we like totally deviated from weeks, and we were just talking about stuff. But I hope next year you can come down. But I do want to point out because I, I started this whole bit with it being like mocking you. I understand why you can't come down, and I greatly appreciate the the years that you did because uh, listeners, my wife's best friend is Corey, and Corey moved to idaho like many years ago um 10 is, is it already 10 november november wow. is 10 that is insane. it was right before thanksgiving yeah because I, I start i was at fye when you left and it was 09 when i started fye yeah um, i left florida in august wow man that's so crazy um mm-hmm. but uh it, it was i think it was three or four years that you were gone before you came the first time but i i reached out to Corey and i was like hey um it would be really cool if you could you know, come down for Kathy's birthday because Kathy's birthday is in September, the end of September. And, uh, and then it became a tradition for a good three or four years where you did it 
every year. And one year, Bill came, which was awesome. I really would love for him to come, too. I, again, understand why that's not always possible. My um, sweet, quiet, I, that's awkward husband. <laughs> Even when you and I w- would not get along back before you moved, um, yes. <laughs> I always got along with Bill. And uh, I've always liked Bill. I can't always tell if he likes me. But <laughs> <laughs> Bill likes you. He's just quiet. I know. And that's, he's that's what I mean. kind of standoffish, you, you know. It's it's fine. Oh God, like I'm sorry. I love my husband, but I had friends over like a year ago, and we like had pizza, and we were playing like, you know, Game of Thrones Clue, and he was just like so awkward. And I'm just like, just sit with us or go to your your office and play a video game because he like sat down beside me, but he wouldn't like look or talk to anyone. And I don't know, like, because I'm very like. I get very anxious around a lot of people. I don't like mm-hmm. talking about myself or having everybody's like eyes on me. So it might have been like a situation like that for him too. I'm not really sure. I totally get just... that because I'm actually very much the same. Um, like I, I, there have been times where I feel trapped in either our yes. my bedroom or my my game room because Kathy will have someone over that I'm just not comfortable like communicating with, and so I just yeah. can't leave the room again. So I'm just like stuck. Um, <laughs> and- because if you walk out you have to make eye contact or you're rude it's just yeah. like it's hard yeah huh. it's it's and i mean i even when i was a kid and i would like stay over at a friend's house like i would not get up in the morning until they would like i would just lay in the bed hoping that the friend would wake up so we could get breakfast or whatever like i was not leaving yes. the room until that friend was up also kind of thing i know i have i've had people stay over and they're just like they walk around the house like they own the place i'm more like What's... and if people stay with me that's what i want them to do too but that's yeah. not how i'm gonna roll yeah yeah and that's when you're here you're like i i mean i don't feel like you're like that here because i think you are really comfortable with us but like you're we invite you into our home you you are like totally welcome to be at home you know and yeah um and, and my wife did get to come visit you last year uh i, I think it she was comes next year i i would it was this year in it was this year. That's right. Because originally we were going to do October or something, and then it didn't work out for her, I think. She couldn't take off or something. Um, so then it became January. And it was snowing. It was such a stress for her, though. That's the thing. I wish I could travel with her um, or, like, that Taylor could go. Because I think traveling alone is tough. And then that there's, like, that really long layover in uh, either Seattle or Utah, depending. Because I guess there's no direct flight to Idaho from Florida. And, nope. um like she was definitely stressed out about that whole process uh maybe it'll be easier the next time around but yeah because i think she said she hadn't flown in a long time she hadn't um i i <sighs> the only time i've flown in the last i mean i've flown a lot but every time i have flown it has been something with either burke reviews or with work uh, in fact i'm going to atlanta in october for a, a work thing um like we're uh it's a big training thing um i forget oh what it is but uh my my good friend who's contributed to the site a few times that I work with he's like kind of the lead of this um I I feel awful I can't think of any of the words but uh he's encouraged me to go with him and a few other colleagues to this big training it's really cool I'm looking forward to it it's a big um event in Atlanta um and usually the trainings that my boss sends us to are amazing and so I'm looking forward to going we actually uh do you know who Ron Clark is Ron Clark, that sounds familiar. The only reason I think you would know him, and this is not, it's like, I feel like only educators would really know him, although he was on Oprah once and stuff, because he's, he wrote a book called The 55 Essentials, and it's like 55 rules, and he, he took this, um, 
it, it's kind of hard not to paint it as a white savior story, especially there is a TV movie with, oh. with um, Matt, uh, oh my God, why can't I think of his name? Uh, Chandler, Matthew Perry. Wow. Um, Matthew Perry plays Ron Clark in the TNT TV movie, but I actually own the DVD because I'm a big fan of both Matthew Perry and when I started teaching, Ron Clark's book was given to me and it was like really, I knew nothing about teaching outside of I was a student once, you know what I mean? I didn't go to school to be a teacher, so I had to learn. And he was one of the first, like, uh, professional development things I latched onto. He's actually going to be in Lake Wales giving a speech to our, our charter system in, uh, oh. in a week. So, like, not this Monday, but the following Monday, I get to go and, and hopefully meet him. But at the very least, I get to hear him speak. And I'm really excited um, uh, about it. And we just got, like, an email right before we recorded, like, detailing, like, the day. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be really cool. Like, he, I can't believe he's coming here. Um, I get a lot of cool opportunities like that. Um, it, it's, I'm, I've talked about being a film teacher and how blessed I feel about that. Uh, that it's an opportunity for me to not only like daily get to talk about the thing I love more than almost anything, um, but I get to uh, I get to sh- like open kids' eyes to the the power of film, and um, and then I get all these cool opportunities like these like these professional developments, these guest speakers that we've had like. Um, we had uh, an amazing guest speaker come a few weeks ago who her whole message was story. Um, her name's Carmen Didi. She's a, a, an author, but she does a lot of kids' books. But, man, she is such a great storyteller. If you get a chance, Corey, uh, YouTube Carmen Didi. She's got at least two speeches, and she's just amazing. She's a room full of 1,500 students that are, like, high school age. She had them all eating out of the palm of her hand. Like, that – I've seen many people come and speak. Most of the time, our students are respectful – but a lot of times they still kind of zone out. Not with her. Like I even heard kids in the hallway after her speech, like recount, like recounting the, the what she said. Like when that one part when she said this thing, you know, like we do with TV shows and movies, they're doing that yeah. with a speaker. And I, I'm very fortunate to get to work where I work, and I am always so grateful um, to have. You know, I, I kind of fell into it. Like I was at Fye, um, Fye was starting to close, or at least we thought it was going to close. It ended up lasting six more years, but nonetheless, they were under the pretense that they were going to close. And I, you know, so I was, I put in applications um, and didn't really expect much. And then I got this opportunity at the school that I've, I've now been at for almost 10 years, just like you've almost been in Idaho for 10 years. Um, Cause I started in uh, January of 20, 2010. So mm. um, that's awesome. Yeah. And, I man, it's so cool. Just can't believe how fast time flies i know i completely agree with that in mind though time is flying so we should probably get to what we've been watching i don't have a whole lot this week you got anything um you know i um still sick talked about that i've mostly been watching television because it's a little more consumable in case of all sleep um so i finished up pin 15 on hulu i binged (laughs) the walking dead season nine in two days Um, I it was a really good season. Anyone who watches The Walking Dead and is completely brutally honest knows that some of it's really good and some of it's really bad. Mm. This was a pretty good season. I wish they'd stop making it though because I can't stop watching it. I stopped. Um, I stopped when the trash people showed up. uh, Yeah, like that season wasn't that great. But and then I had to um, introduce Bill to the Nate Bergazzi Netflix special uh, stand up comedy uh brendan okay. showed it to me when 
like in May, and it's so funny. And so it's the third time that I've watched it, and I just die laughing still. Huh. Um, yeah, and then just our movie and like random TV, whatever yeah. here and there. I'm a big stand-up. I'm like way behind on several that I've wanted to watch. Like I haven't watched any of the Netflix Chappelle specials, and I'm hearing <laughs> the new one that just dropped is really good. And then, oh yeah, uh, I saw that. But I'm a big fan of John Mahoney. Have you? Um, I'm sorry, John Mulaney. So yeah, I screwed that up. Um, he's the voice of Spider Pig in Into the Spider Verse, um, and his standup is so good. If you haven't watched his standup, I highly recommend it. Um, he's just super funny. Um, but I, I watched. I think I. I don't remember for sure. We recorded weird this week because we recorded on Saturday or Sunday morning. We recorded Sunday morning, um, and so I haven't watched a whole lot. Uh, we had a hurricane, a uh, whole thing that ended up fortunately not being a hurricane for where we are. Um, it just oh, oddly yeah. sat outside of Florida, and but I, I missed two days of work as a result, um, which some people are like, yay, I'm, I really like being with my students, so I was kind of like, okay, I'd rather be teaching than just sitting here. Um, Worried. Yeah, and yet, uh, again, it's, it was a blessing, nothing happened, but I, I still, I had a lot going on, so I haven't got to watch a lot this week. Um, I have watched two Studio Ghibli films, though. And um, I watched Kiki's Delivery Service and Porco Rosso, okay? I knew very little about either one of these. Um, I'm watching them because of the, my uh, my favorite podcast now is Blank Check. I've listened to almost every episode of the show. I have not bothered to go back to the Star Wars stuff because as much as I love Star Wars and as much as I consider myself a Star Wars nerd, they do like 10 episodes on like one of the movies. Like it's way too, oh. way too much detail for my fandom. Um, that said, I've listened to basically every other episode, uh, and I've still got, like, I think two more directors. I'm finishing, I just finished the Ang Lee series, uh, today, and I have, I think, um, I think only one more director, and I, I'm, Nancy Myers, I think, uh, is the last director they did before I started listening, which I listened to all the Tim Burton stuff, um, and I've listened to everything they've done with Hao Miyazaki, which is what I'm currently working through. I'm trying to get ahead. Uh, so, Kiki's Delivery Service is so good i was really shocked i i didn't know anything about it and i wasn't sure if it would pull me in it totally pulled me in and i was just like captivated um the only one that hasn't done that for me is ha uh the castle in the sky um i don't know what it was if maybe i was just not in the right mood or if the movie just didn't click with me but i i did not get sucked into that one at all um but kiki's delivery service i thoroughly enjoyed and then porco rosso i was even like the picture on like of the the box art I'm like, this looks awful because it's a pig man flying a plane. Like, that's the cover of the movie. I'm like, what is this? And then I loved it. Like, <laughs> first of all, Michael Keaton's the American dub voice, which what? I know, shame on me for listening to the American dubs and not, you know, the original dubs and reading the, the captions. I, I've heard that... A lot of times there's a there's a big translation lost uh, a lot a lot of stuff is lost in translation um, when you listen to the dub I accidentally had the English subtitles on with the English dub and yeah even just w like reading the subtitles it doesn't match what's being said versus what the translation is so it's definitely better to watch these the Japanese with the subtitles in English um, because they do change some a lot of stuff and you can tell when there's like an American they're like it's okay to be violent but like they'll change like a like a sexual joke or whatever um and so that was kind of a, a surreal thing to to witness I'd heard it but I hadn't seen it before um but I ended up really liking this except 
there are some creepy like young girl attracted to older guy tropes that I keep noticing, oh, God. especially in these earlier films. That I don't like. We we watched Spirited Away together, right? Or have you uh, not seen that one? No, I don't think I've oh, seen that one. You need to see Spirited Away. Like that is an amazing movie. But uh, we watched My Neighbor Totoro for sure together. Yes. And I love that one. And there is no and sexuality in that one at all. Fireflies is the and, other one we've watched. Which is not directed by him, but it is a Studio Ghibli film. It's not directed by Hao Miyazaki. Um, and so uh, I I'm, I was already kind of a fan, um, mainly because of Spirited Away. But after watching uh, Lupin the Lupin the Third uh, Castle Cag- Cagliostro, that's the whole title. Um, then uh, I'm trying to remember the order here. There is um, oh Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind is amazing, which Mike, uh, our top five buddy, has been swearing by for years, and I should have watched it when he first told me about it. But oh my god, that movie is amazing. And then again, Castle in the Sky just did not click for me. I am gonna try to watch it again at another point, but that night it just did not do it for me. I did watch the English uh, uh, dub version, and I've heard it's not good, uh, and that could be part of what didn't pull me in. Even though Mark Hamill is like the villain, who I love. But James Vanderbeek is like the the boy antagonist, and it's not great. It's not very good. Um, whereas I don't really think of him as a great actor. No, exactly. I, I mean, I like the Dawson. I like the Dawson, but he wasn't ever like super great. But um, like Shia LaBeouf is in Nausicaa, and uh, he is a great actor. He's crazy, and it seems like he's maybe coming back to normal now. But he is a really good actor, even uh, in that I think he's tremendous. But um, yeah, I, I really like Porco Rosso, and I really, really liked uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. Very different films, but both very enjoyable. I'm looking forward to diving into... Uh, next up for me is Princess Mononoke, which is one of like the iconic ones that I've been meaning to watch for a long time. So I'll probably be watching that soon. But other than that, I haven't really watched anything specific. I think I've thrown some like rerun stuff on. I am watching far too much magic on youtube uh because i'm back into magic the gathering so can't stop myself uh it's just what happens but i think we're ready to get into the stats for our movie of the week so i picked dawn of the dead um because of our theme uh you know dawn of the dead is a film um that i love but the original is the one that i love i've not seen the 2004 one until this week um the premise of the film is a nurse, a policeman, a young married couple, a salesman, and other survivors of worldwide plague that is producing aggressive flesh-eating zombies take refuge in a mega Midwestern shopping mall. Now, um, I knew it was directed by Zack Snyder. What I didn't know is who wrote the screenplay. Did you catch who did? Oh my god. It's James Gunn, uh, famed oh, yeah, yeah. director and writer from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2. Um, what is it? is it Slither or mm-hmm. yeah uh, which I is a really crazy funny horror film um, and uh, I like Gunn a lot and I was one of the, the people who was advocating for him to get his job back for Guardians 3 which he did um, not that my advocation is the reason but I was an oh, advocate for it um, the whole cast says they're gonna quit I mean <laughs> well again I don't think what he said back in 2009 was okay but I also yeah. think that you're capable of change. And I, th- I think if, if we live in a society where we condemn people for things they did 10 years prior, even though they're exhibiting behavior that says they're no longer that person, 
it, that's a shame, right? Like we need to be able to encourage, and if someone makes a mistake, Better. they should be able to, you know, rectify it. Especially if they're showing true remorse. I thought he was very, the way he reacted to being fired and stuff. I thought he was so cordial, and um, the he he didn't like blash out. He wasn't like f you Disney. He was so professional, and I think that even showed more how much he wasn't that person. So I was on his side from the get go. Again, not not for not saying what he did was okay, but that the person he is now wouldn't have done that and didn't do that. So, um, but that so I was excited when I saw Gunn uh, was credited with the screenplay for this movie because I had forgotten that. Um, I I don't think it's his best screenplay, um, but it, the film stars Sarah Polly, Ving Rhames, Mackay Pfeiffer, Jake. Uh, I don't know if it's Weber or Weber. Ty Burrell, who um, I mainly know from uh, Modern Family. Um, Michael Kelly, who I'm a big fan of. He was on House of Cards. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. I hope I'm right about that. Wait, am I wrong? It's, it's not in his top... Oh, no, I'm right. It's, he's Doug Stamper in House of Cards. And he was in a movie I saw at uh, South by Southwest called All Square that I liked a whole lot. It's his like his, a leading role for him, which is not the norm. He's usually more of a side character. But... Um, uh, he plays the head security guard at the mall, um, and then oh, yeah. some other people um, that I don't know so well, but they're you know they might be famous. Oh my I god! I knew I recognized him, and I couldn't figure it out. And yeah. it's House of Cards. Yeah, he's, yeah. He he's the assistant. He's Doug. Yeah, yeah. Who is so cool? And like season one and season two is like my favorite part of that show. Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Uh, he hasn't done too much else but the stuff that i've seen i always really like him and i thought he was really good in this i also we won't get into spoilers or anything just yet listener if you're new to this uh we talk first just kind of our overall thoughts um and then we'll get into it but i i picked this again because of my fandom of romero um in fact i mentioned how my job i get to like talk to all these different people um and uh my boss has connections with people from Harvard and we've had um, some Harvard psychologists uh, that like work, they teach at Harvard, but they also like, you know, they're doctors they've done um, would come and speak. And one of them is a huge movie, movie nerd too. So we clicked obviously. And he's, uh, was a really close personal friend with George Romero. Um, and in fact, on, I think it was one of the box uh, Blu-rays for world war Z. Uh, there is a like special feature where it's like Romero talking about like zombie movies with um, Max Brooks and this guy whose name I do not remember right now, but this Harvard psychologist is on the panel because he's like studied zombies and whatnot. And uh, so when Romero passed, um, I had reached out to him and was like, "Hey, I'm you know sorry to hear. I know you guys are really close." And Romero was a huge inspiration. Like I really love his version, Dawn of the Dead from 1978, um, and. Uh, so uh, this movie is one I've just I just could never get into, and especially at this point because I have seen some of Snyder's other stuff. I do like Watchmen. I know that movie is kind of up and down. Some people really like it, some people don't. I like it. I don't think it's perfect, but I enjoy many parts of it. I especially like Rorschach in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was initially uh, lukewarm on Batman vs Superman. I have very much soured on it. Um, I didn't like Justice League, even though Joss Whedon did a lot of it. Snyder was a part of it. Um, I like Man of Steel. Um, and I think Man of Steel is my favorite Snyder film, um, which is controversial. A lot of people hate Man of Steel. I I am not a big Superman fan, and I really liked Snyder's take on Superman. 
up until Batman versus Superman where I kind of was like, yeah, you know what? I don't need two Batman. I, I just want one Batman. And you've made Superman too brooding. Um, but I thought it worked in Man of Steel. And I I cry hard um, oh, with the mm-hmm. Kevin Costner Pa Kent mm-hmm. scene. Um, like, I cried real hard both times I watched it. Uh, I was just like, is this really happening right now? Because we yeah. saw it in theaters. I've only seen it that one time, though. Ugh. Yeah, I, I... So, I... Um, while I don't like everything Snyder's done, I'm not, like... I'm not opposed to him. I don't think he's, like, a horrible director. Um, but... I had tried to watch this once before, and I didn't get very far. I don't remember what it was. I, I know where I stopped. I stopped pretty much right after she runs out of the house after the zombies attack her. And I don't know what it was that made me stop. I don't know if I had to do something or if I was just like, you know what, I'm not in the mood for this. Or I don't remember. I just know that's where I stopped. Uh, and so um, it made sense with the scene to, to pull this one. Um, overall, I don't dislike this movie. I definitely didn't like it as much as the original, and I don't really feel compelled to watch it again. Um, but have have you seen this before? Yeah, I've seen it. I own it. I forgot I own it. Um, yeah, I own a it friend too. of mine um, that used to work with me and maybe with you at Fye, we used to like watch horror movies Tuesdays every week. <laughs> we would like get pizza, and you know, um, I think that's how I saw it. So it's been at least ten years because. That's when I lived in Florida. But um, I just don't think that it is as timeless No. as Romero's. I don't... I feel like some of the changes I completely understand and I totally get. Um, it has some real hard, like, cheesy parts. I was yes, like, oh does. my god. It really and does. There is, like, a whole... It's, like, maybe five minutes of just straight cheese. I'm like, why is this happening right now? Yeah. Um, but I think that the movie is still enjoyable. I didn't... I don't hate it. I I enjoyed watching it for the most part. I just feel like maybe... the I, I guess I, I guess the social commentary is just not as... I don't know. It's not there. It's super shallow. And I am surprised because I don't think of James Gunn as a shallow writer. But I, I feel like the references to the social commentary are only there as like a tribute to what Romero does. Where his commentary is super like poignant. And I think it holds up. I think both Night of the Living Dead and Dawn of the Dead, um, Romero had something to say through zombies. And it's really powerful and meaningful. I think this movie alludes to it at one point. And it's super, like, on the surface, very artificial. It's just there to pay homage to what Romero did. And then they pay no other attention to it. Even, like, um, I feel like the zombies in Romero's are way more iconic. Like, there's one zombie, I don't know what he's referred to as in the movie, but, like, I'll just see, like, gifts or, like, images or i'll like see him Mm -hmm. um and i don't feel like really anyone in this movie you know what i mean no and i think this movie suffers from uh when it comes out i think this comes out two years after 28 days later and oh which is so good yes but those are we call them zombies and it is a zombie movie in its essence but they are rage monsters yeah uh they are not technically undead they are angry vicious and and so they run and they do things 
and you get that with the Dawn of the Dead zombies in this movie. They are running, they are supercharged, and I feel like they're trying to match what you got in 28 Days, and I, I, I don't like it. I like the slow, shambling zombie, because the thing about <laughs> zombies that scares me... Sorry, I, I don't want to catch you off, but I'm going to spit this out. No, go ahead. Is that they are relentless, because they are single-minded. They have no logic, they have no reason, they have instinct and drive. They want to eat you, period. That is the only thing they care about. There's nothing you can do to deter them. You can't negotiate with them. You can't offer anything. There's no rules like with vampires where you have to invite them in. This is just an unrelenting force that you can fight against. But if you are too slow or if you uh, make any dumb choices, you will be swarmed upon. And once that happens, you're done. And like this movie, they shoot willy-nilly. Like, just way too much gunfire. It's like, whoa, why are there so many? It's like, because you keep shooting the guns. Noises, stupid. Like, they don't do anything that indicates that they even get a clue of what's happening. I mean, even, like, in every zombie movie, there's someone who's stupid. But it's like most of them in this movie are pretty dumb. I, um, also, I feel like, uh, I don't really know, like, so many of our oh my gosh oh words like (laughs) guys i'm so sick um okay so like michael myers or like your villains and the slashers like most of them are slow moving and it Mm -hmm. doesn't matter how fast you run they always get you and i wonder because though i don't remember exactly which one of those slashers came out first or what exact year but i wonder if maybe they got that from you know these zombie movies sure and you can there's an argument to be made that jason is a zombie um not in the first couple of movies but he is clearly killed in i think the fourth one and then the subsequent films he is it is definitely played upon that he is dead and uh thus a zombie because he's undead right but he definitely Mm -hmm. resembles but um you know more he's not looking to eat you and he has a different agenda right that's the big yeah but the zombie to me like when i think zombie film the first one that i like to attribute is birds um and that's not technically zombies right they're not undead they're birds but the last sequence of birds hitchcock's birds is uh them in a house and being surrounded and swarmed is very much replayed a few years later in night of the living dead it's it's a very similar scene to how the end of that movie plays out oh in the beginning of 28 weeks later yes oh man i love the beginning of 28 that is such that is like the best opening of a horror movie maybe a movie ever actually it's super intense so good um yeah Um, i do good I do want to say that I did think a couple of things in this movie were really fun, um, which I'll talk about in spoilers. And I just realized that in the original, they have that biker gang that's trying to move in to their mall. And they, they're they not only like trying to fight against the zombies, they're trying to fight against them. And in this movie, they don't really have that second opposition. Yeah, um, I... You know, I really want... I haven't watched Dawn of the Dead in a while, and I need to rewatch it, um, the, ori- the original. Uh, and I wanted to try... I, was, I had a goal to try to watch it before we recorded it. I just, again, my week's been really hectic. I have not had the free time to do that. But um, what I remember about it is definitely uh, su- just such a superior film in so many ways. I, 
I think we should probably go ahead and get into spoilers because there's a few things I really want to like point out. But I would say my general thing is I don't think this is a bad movie. Um, I do think it's got more cheese in it than the original, which is saying something for a '70s horror movie to like that it, it's got more cheese than that. Um, and I I don't like I. I don't dislike the fast zombies, but I am a fan of Romero's original style of zombies of the slow, slow shambling, um, and the hodgepodge of like costumes that you would get in the zombies. I just always thought it was really cool. Um, also there are zombies in this movie, but I don't feel like there's a really great, like super awesome set piece of zombies. Like there's, yes, there's some action sequences or whatever, but it feels so like fast and rapid that yeah. none of them really stand out as like scary it's just like yeah lots of things got it um yeah and even in the parking lot there are just so many yeah and oh man there's a death i'm going to talk about in spoilers that is i thought was one of the cheesiest things i've ever seen in a movie oh um, my god i'm excited yeah so uh, i think with that Corey, give the warning guys from here on out we are going to talk about uh dawn of the dead from 2004 in great detail you've been warned okay so the first thing i want to talk about which um one i feel like walking dead stole so much of the identity from this movie um not so much with the zombies yes but there's a lot of things that happen in in walking dead that happen here and the first one i could not believe that this movie had the balls to do pregnant woman bit by zombie zombie baby I thought they were going to do that with Walking Dead. And I think they still uh, implied that it happened when, uh, was it Lori? Was that his wife's name? It's been a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, she's pregnant. She's having the baby. We don't ever see her. Baby's okay. But it was heavily implied for a bit that she, the baby might be infected. Um, and I thought that's what they were going to do with that. That's not what they ended up doing. This movie freaking does it. And I was so shocked that they did it because like when we see that Mackay Pfeiffer's character Andre has like latched his woman down because she's infected and then she's having the baby that whole scene was real disturbing anyways and then when he's holding the baby the way he's holding it, I'm like oh man that baby's a zombie and it is freaky and then they like we don't see it shot but we know they shoot it like it I think they cut away and we hear the gunshot um I couldn't believe the movie did it I thought it was, like, one of the darkest things I've seen in a zombie oh, movie. Oh, I thought it was cheesy as hell. It is cheesy, like, but to... That... It actually looks pretty cheesy, to be honest. But to do that, like, to give, give a, have, a, have a woman turn into a zombie and then give birth to a zombie baby is one of the... I mean, the only way that could have been more horrific is if the zombie baby had managed to eat its way out of her. <laughs> but, of course, zombie baby has no teeth. So I want to postulate... Was it really a threat? Because, you know, it, it can't gum infect you, right? Because this movie sets the precedent that the bite is what transit, like, that gives well, you the disease. I mean, and also, will it ever age? I don't really know how that works Ooh. with zombies. We know how it works That's with, you really know, interesting point. vampires, but that they don't age. So I don't really know. I, so would I it starve? So. I would think it would starve. Or, or would they, like, make baby food human mash oh god it's so gross um disturbing (laughs) Uh, i really i really hated that both because i did think it was kind of cheesy but also because i was i thought it was a little ballsy that whole that whole like scene too um like norma um coming in and her and andre like shooting each other up and they just start dying and i'm like so bad 
Okay, and guys. One. What a shot the old lady is, though, because she takes out the mom, like, one one bullet, like, headshot. I, I have a feeling that this lady was a badass. I like Norma. Um, I mean, she takes some bullets. Yeah. And, I mean, she kicks ass. She gets all of those people That's from true. the church. That's true. That's right. She's the one, the driver of the big semi. Um, yeah, and she says it's her truck. Um, I would like to talk about really fast before I forget um, the fun things that I noticed in this movie that I didn't realize the first time I watched it. Um, Ken Foray, or Foray, um, he is one of the main characters in the original film. He plays Peter. Oh. Um, he is the helicopter pilot, I believe. Maybe I'm wrong on that. No, he's the police officer. Sorry. Okay. Um, he has the cameo role as a televangelist in oh, this okay. one. Okay, I thought that I figured he had a significance because it was like it was odd to have that the televangelist just like on the screen for so long. So that yeah. makes sense. And then I don't know if I'm pronounced I'm gonna pronounce his name correctly, but Tom Savini, he's like big all over the place in the world of horror. Um, but he's the leader of the motorcycle gang in the original movie, mm. and he plays the sheriff on the TV in this version. Okay, the guy who's talking about, like, everything, basically. Yeah, with the sunglasses. He's a, he's a kind of a badass in that in that little TV thing, because he's like, you gotta shoot him in the head, you know, it's just like... It's yeah! Like, I feel like, like if zombie apocalypse happened okay. for real, that our sheriff here in, in the old Polk County would be the best sheriff, because um, he would just be like... Yeah, there's zombies. Use all your bullets. Um, yeah. Shoot them in the head. Um, um, <laughs> I can't. Um, but I kind of, I feel like this movie, I I like in the original one how they like set up a home in the, you know, is it like the attic of that, um, you know, that mall yeah. or something? They like Yeah, it's like the security like depot or whatever, I guess you could say. Yeah, and they, like, make it a home, and they live there for a while, and it's actually the reporter is pregnant by the, I think, the helicopter pilot. I haven't watched it in a while either, but um, I kind of like seeing their relationship in that one, because it is longer, the original one. I was going to yeah. watch it today, but I didn't have enough time, because I think it's, like, an uh, 127 minutes or something. Well, like, I wouldn't call the first one an action movie, where this one is listed as action horror. And I, I think this, that hurts the movie, because I think it, it, like, things speed through. Like, even how they get to the mall, it feels so, so fake. Like, it's like, no, why, what? Like, none of this makes sense. Um, And there's, like, there's a lot more, like, just stupidity, like I said. Like, uh, when they, even when they meet the security guards, and, like, the security guards are, like, jerks at first... I'm like, what? But I, I do, I want to point out, um, CJ is the head security guard and is played by, uh, the act, um, Michael Kelly. I love his arc in this movie. Like, I think, like, he becomes this hero figure when he starts off as a villain. I kept waiting for him to become, like, to screw them over, you know, like, to stab him in the back. Yeah. And he doesn't, I, and I like that. I think that it was, like, self-preservation first, and then when he saw that other people were going to be pulling their weight, that, you well, know... You know what? who it reminds me of um, is Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy, because Yondu is, like, this villainous kind of figure, and you keep waiting for him to screw Peter Quill and the, you know, to screw him over, and then he doesn't. Um, and that's kind of... I feel like maybe, you know, Gunn wrote CJ in a similar vein, um, you know, ten years beforehand, but... Uh, 
I, I really liked CJ's character by the end of the film, and that was that was a pleasant surprise. Um, never liked Steve, Ty Burrell's character, and we're not supposed to. He's he's awful. No. But um, I, I, I felt like he was too big, like too over the top, like bad, like just nothing uh, redeemable about him at all. Yeah. And it was like, come on. I mean, he had the boat. Yeah, but he was awful about that too. You know what I mean? Like even then he was like, eh, my boat. Um, and I, I liked Andy. Like I liked the relationship that Andy, who was at the gun store across the street. I liked Andy a lot. And, and the relationship Ving Rains develops with him over time it's like I believe that I buy into it I like the way we kind of see it with the montage but I hate when the dog gets out and runs over there and the girl chases after him oh I wanted to punch her in the face and then she's like and then that Andy gets bit because of the dog and like I hate that whole sequence because it's like one what about Andy implies that he would be dumb enough to let the zombies through you know what I mean and then yeah. more that all the time they communicated, not once they ever told him that the bites were the danger, nor that he was able to figure that the freak out. Like, because he's he's like, oh, I got bit, but I'm okay. It's like, no, no, you're not. What about the world you're in makes you think it's okay that you were bit by the zombie? Like, granted, the, the word zombie does not exist likely in this movie's universe. That's the normal trend is that they're unaware of zombies until they happen. But at the same time, the dude's a, a survivalist who's, uh, I think we're given to imply they've been in the mall for several months, if not longer. Yeah, they're, it feels like they've been there a while. I was really yeah. not sure of the amount of time, but... No, but we get that montage and we see them, and the, the relationship between Kenneth and Andy tells me that it's at least been a few months, right? And so Andy hasn't never asked, like, do you know what's causing this or nothing? Nothing. And for him to be like, oh, no, I'm okay. And then for the girl to go after the dog. I was so annoyed at that whole sequence. And then how it plays out. I mean, that out. dog is pretty cute. It is a cute dog. So, but the dog was I mean, like never chips. in danger. Apparently. No. Which is very interesting because it all depends on, you know, like in The Walking Dead, mm -hmm. the zombies will eat anything that's anything. alive. Horses... It, it's it makes on. zero sense that they opted that the zombies did not care about anything because it wasn't it wasn't even like like the dog just moved through them it, they didn't like yeah, he wasn't even silent look at them. yeah it, it makes no sense um and i don't i don't think romero tackles that at all in those early movies um he might in like the land of the dead or something those get kind of bad though yeah. uh you know, I, I, I have a special place for Land of the Dead. Like, I enjoy that one as, like, a campy, over-the-top movie. But, like, Survival of the Dead and Diary of the Dead, which are... Oh, God. Those are real bad, um, unfortunately. I wanted them to be good because I am... A, again, I loved Romero. Um, but uh, I just... Man, there's those... The baby and then that whole sequence. And then I don't like... Like, I think the action of, like, when they, uh, they burn them all. Like, when CJ first starts to trust them... Um, when they go to, like, start the generators, and then, like, it looks like they're in trouble, and then the guy, like, lights them on fire, and he's like, CJ, a match! And then he pulls out a lighter, which kind of annoyed yeah. me. Because I'm like, why would you assume he had a match? Like, what about this character has shown us that he has matches? But more so, if you're going to say it, and then why do you have him pull out a freaking Zippo? Like, pick one and do that. But nonetheless, like, that scene I thought was cool as an action scene, but again, it never felt, like, scary to me. It was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. You're just going to shoot them all. And, like, you can't 
you keep shooting them and you don't seem to get that's why there's so many of them because you keep making freaking noise like it's like the characters seem so dumb throughout this film yeah i don't really know how they survive as long as they do yeah but... they make... oh oh i almost forgot to talk about the thing that i hate so they make these buses right that are kind of mm-hmm. cool that are kind of cool i hate when mike brags about the chainsaw like hey you know, we can stick this chainsaw through these little side things and it'll cut them in half I'm like why would you why are you bragging about that like that's you're surviving you're not like looking for innovative this isn't like pimp my zombie mobile like we're trying to <laughs> survive and so but that then comes into play because the guy who is apparently just a token gay character for the sake of having a gay character um uh, he's it was 2004. Guy. They were trying to, you they, know. Yeah, I guess. Um, I think Boyd Banks plays him. I think it was Tucker is the the guy who. Yes. W- he explicitly says he's gay, but it's literally just for the sake of having a gay character. Um, but he's holding the chainsaw. They're in an accident, and then he kills one of the girl. He kills the girlfriend, right? Is that who he's? Uh, like, he cuts somebody it, in it's half. It's the girl that Ty Burrell's character was sleeping with. And oh, that's right. Game. Yes, I think Linda Booth, maybe Lindy Booth, maybe. No. No, I think Nicole. Nicole was the redhead that runs after chips. Oh, you think that was the that Monica? Girl? It's Monica. Okay. Kim so Poy-Poye. Monica gets there. sliced in half with the chainsaw by Tucker, and somehow Tucker dies too. I don't know if like from the accident or whatever. But he's dead, I, like kind of inexplicably. But it's so cheesy how it happens because he's just like holding it, like ah, and I'm like, are I you loved... for real? <laughs> I loved. <laughs> What's the cop saying to the nurse? Don't look in there. They're all dead. I'm like, I'm pretty sure she works in a hospital. I felt like it was maybe the emergency room or something. Yeah. I feel like she's probably seen it all. Yeah. Which, side note, quick side note. When she gets home at the beginning of the movie from the hospital, she's still in her scrubs and goes and lays in her bed. And I don't know. Yeah, that's nasty. But right, like, you work with, like, sick people all day. You don't go home and lay in your bed. I have friends parents who were nurses i don't think that they ever like sat down in their scrubs like they would go immediately and shower because like you're around sick people all day like you want to get clean and and granted they do end up in the shower but she first lays in the bed in her scrubs and i'm just like no that's how you get sick right like in my head i'm thinking that I, i don't know but um i we didn't really talk about the opening i think that opening scene is intense i am still like how did the little girl get in the house you know Um, yeah that's it's because in the original they 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 kind of it still are aware or kind of grasp certain things about when they were alive but like in this one it doesn't really seem to be whatever so she just opened the front door and went in or that's well it's still terrifying i i am a big advocate for when a film establishes the rules that they must maintain them when we watch the rest of this film and most of the zombies they're running for one and two zombies are driven by their hunger right i said this they have no intention they're not going to sit and try to scare you they're coming after you what does this little girl do she chills in the doorway until the guy walks up to her and even then, she doesn't lash out at him right away. It's when he, like, turns his head slightly. that She's like, hey, lunch. It doesn't make any sense. 
right? The second the door opened, she should have been running in to attack them. And granted, you build suspense, but you're building suspense with breaking your own rules that every other time the zombies see somebody in this movie, they they dart at them, right? But not this opening one because we have to, you know, build up and it's that's it's sloppy writing in my opinion. That's one of my biggest issues with it follows is I feel like that monster breaks the rules that the movie establishes because we're told that the monster is going to beeline for you. And then there are at least two scenes where the monster takes his time going up on the roof for no apparent reason instead of doing the thing we were told it will do. Same thing with these zombies in this movie. They're inconsistent. I feel like, and I could be wrong, but if we watch Night of the Living Dead and we watch Romero's Dawn of the Living Dead, his zombies follow a very strict set of rules. Well, yeah, but I mean, he made the genre. Exactly. Genre, genre. But like, even he... then... Like, I'm not saying Snyder needs to no. follow other zombie rules, right? Like, but establish Just, the rules for your film and make sure you stick to them. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's it's, Dude, and I didn't... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 please. So I didn't understand, too, like, at the kind of the beginning when they first get into the mall, and I think that one of the... Um, I don't know. I think he's one of the security guys. Um, he gets thrown into the fountain i think he hits his head i think we lost some skull there i don't know but he's just like it's kind like of skittering around in the fountain yeah like yeah, makes kind no of sense no having sense. seizures or something i don't know but i didn't really know what that you know yeah was about no it made no sense and the one thing that drove me really crazy with this movie is that it takes the sheriff on tv saying shoot him in the head for them to realize that's the thing. Here's here's the reality, guys. Listeners, we all know with not even if zombie movies didn't exist in our universe, that the head is a vital area of the human body, right? So if these human creatures that are now dead or whatever are coming at you, logic would say first the heart, and if that doesn't do it, then the brain, right? Those are the two vital areas that we know about anatomy you would at least test that theory because that's again shooting someone in the shoulder generally doesn't kill them so it doesn't make sense to me when they're like oh we needed someone on tv to give us this clue process of elimination would have given you that clue and it, it's so organic to figure it out in most zombie movies that's what happens you you shoot them they get back up you take out the head you know and uh i, I i've watched a lot of zombie movies i've not watched all zombie movies there are many cheesy zombie films but i generally like the genre um it is uh, again romero's films are among my favorite horror films um i am i'm a big advocate for the night of the living dead dawn of the dead and honestly i like day of the dead it gets a little it gets a little wacky but i like it um i, I definitely think it's the worst of the three but i yeah. enjoy it uh, enough and i think the talking zombie is kind of funny um it's it's a little crazy again and i do like that it's set in florida because you know we don't get a lot of zombie movies set in florida um <laughs> but uh overall i i really enjoy the 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 genre of zombie film um i do like zombie land i'm looking forward to zombie land double tap oh yeah i loved uh jarmusch's movie which is now out on vod so i'm gonna have to buy that soon but the um uh the dead don't die i really enjoyed it it's a very you know kind of self-referential zombie film where they know they're in a zombie film and there's some other crazy stuff that happens in that movie but uh 
you know, and um, one that Mike had turned me on to, I don't know if you ever watched it, the Pontypool, um, where it's... Uh, oh, the... he's talked about that. Oh, yeah, so it's great. I really, really like it. It's a kind of a different take on the zombie film, um, but it's definitely a zombie film, and it's really, really interesting and innovative. Um, really enjoy that movie. And there's there's some other good ones out there. But, uh, and again, I don't think this one is bad. I just, man, the fact that it's a remake of one that I think is excellent hurts this movie a lot because I don't think it holds up to the original. Um, I think it's action-packed. I think I can see, you see the influence that 28 Days has on this movie. Um, and I do think this movie has a lot of impact on The Walking Dead, uh, especially some oh, of the character development. But I wanted to say, too, that something I noticed right away in regards to that, I was like, oh, my God, Walking Dead took that. Um, but it's like reverse. But when they're on top of the um, mall and they're trying to make sure that they have signs and stuff so that any helicopters will know mm. that they're in there, and they say oh, alive inside, alive inside yep. instead of don't open dead inside, which I love. Like don't dead open inside is usually because <laughs> it's how it's written. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I kept thinking that too. And again, I mean, I it's such a short phrase that it's hard to say if they stole it or not but it does feel like that and that is from the comic book as well it's not just from the show um i read the first 120 issues of the comic um and i stopped at like 120 right after the negan war ended and uh yeah negan's cooler in the comics by the way but um is he yeah uh, well there's no censorship in the comics so he's much more vulgar he says the f word a lot um and there's some there's some horrific things that happen in the comic that there was a point I read too many in a row and I was like depressed for like four days uh, at one point because the book was just so dark. I was just like, I can't handle this. This is like twisted, man. Um, Cause there's like Michonne's raped in the comic book. Like it, it is, it's super brutal in the book. Uh, spoiler for the comic book, I guess, but whatever. Um, it's over now. They did just end the series, but the comic books. Yeah. Cause they just signed for a 10th season, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The, the books just ended. The books are still ahead of the show though. So, um, and they've deviated a lot at this point, so they could go any direction. Um, plus there's no prequel comic books. So like all the, the fear of the walking dead or whatever it's called, like that's um. all original content anyways. But, um, but yeah, I, I, this is our first remake. Um, I don't, I don't love it. Um, I definitely think the original is better, which is a trite thing to say. Uh, interestingly enough, I, th- I felt opposite with a lot of the movies we watched for Originals Month. Like, I think the Coen Brothers True Grit is superior to the original True Grit. Um, I, I like The Departed more than Infernal Affairs. I don't necessarily think Infernal Affairs is uh, not better, though. I think that's just a preference. I like Departed more, but I think Infernal I... Affairs is very good. Wonder how much because I wonder how much influence those being the first versions that we watched and that we liked them yes. has on our taste or how we like receive you know watching the other ones. To for those two specifically though, um, I am uh, Martin Scorsese is a director who I look very fondly upon. I I kind of I wouldn't say I idolize him, but I very much he was one of the first directors that I really like dove into and like went into study. Um, with that intent in mind, like that he was a filmmaker I needed to like look at and analyze. And, uh, <laughs> while I still haven't watched all of his films, I've watched most of them and I, I love most of them. Uh, the Coen brothers is the opposite. I didn't go in expecting to love them. I just realized that their, their sensibilities just click with me. And I, I don't, 
I love the Coen brothers. Like, they really, really work uh, strongly for me. In fact, I probably need to give them more credit as, like, my favorite directors because I do love so many of their movies, and I... Uh, I am, like, attached to so much of their stuff. And oddly, it's not even the ones that a lot of... Like, a lot of people love Big Lebowski. I like Big Lebowski, but it's not in my top five of the Coen brothers. Like, I like a lot of oh, their other stuff. Yeah, um, of what I've watched inside Lemon David. Oh, my God, I love that movie. You know, and that's the thing. That movie's funny, but not really. But, like, you know, Oscar Isaac... It's really it. fucking sad, actually. It's so sad. But, but, but Oscar Isaac has this... in it. Yes, yes. Uh, the freaking... With Adam Driver doing the whoop. You know, the, oh my <laughs> god, I love Kennedy. that song. Um, oh, I have to tell you, I, so, I'm gonna bring up my record collection really fast, but, um, I love that soundtrack so much, so much, and when it first came out on vinyl, they had, uh, one day that local indie record stores sold it for, like, six ninety eight, which would have been the price that it would have sold for oh, that's in cool. 1960-something, but, so I paid $7 for this record that I really love, and now it's like you look on eBay or Amazon and people are trying to sell them for like $120. Holy cow. Yeah, I just, I buy records and I don't ever have the intent of reselling them or something, but, and just because that's what people are listing them for doesn't mean that's what they're going to get, True. but, you know, I have like a David Bowie box set that I haven't opened yet and... I don't want to even say how much I paid for that one, but it's going for like twelve hundred, or that's how much I've wow. seen it listed for. It just kills me, and it kind of makes me mad because then I feel like maybe real fans don't have access to it. Yeah, but... that's what drives me nuts with like current ticket sales for concerts is the true yeah, fans get shafted. Guys. Yeah, um, unless you've got a lot of money, but um, not to deviate too far from this, but. Uh, I do think, as a remake, this movie's not bad. There's definitely worse remakes that I have seen. Um, that is, of course, one of the, the catches here, is we have to pick a remake of an original that we haven't seen. I often will try to watch a remake, or if I see a remake, I will try to watch the original, because I like to have the ability to compare. So my list was hard to come up with initially, um, but this one was a glaring, like, I really love the original, I've never seen the remake, and there are two people that I admire, well, sorry, I don't truly admire Zack Snyder, um, but I do admire James Gunn. Uh, James Gunn, I think, has grown tremendously over the years. And I think you see that here, because this is early Gunn. This is 04. Um, you know, he won't do Slither until, like, 2011 or something like that. Oh, I thought it was 2006. Oh, am I? Wow, never mind then. So Slither, he starts to kind of come into his own, I guess. But, um, you know, to me, Guardians is really where his writing starts to, sh to really shine. And... Um, I am looking forward to his take on this on Suicide Squad, which that's interesting. I hadn't thought about the connection with Snyder and Gunn and, Snyder, uh, and Gunn ending up with the DCEU, even though Snyder's kind of backed away from it at this point. Um, I wonder if that had anything to do with that. But uh, nevertheless, uh, it's time we give our rating. Um, for me, I'm going to say decent watch. Same. And we'll leave it at that. So next week... Um, we are watching... Oh my god, I can't wait. We are watching uh, The Fly, right? The oh, great. I was like, what did I pick? The <laughs> 1986 The Fly, directed by David Cronenberg. David Cronenberg. Stars Jeff Goldblum, who is always awesome to some degree. Gina Davis, who I freaking love in this movie so much. Um, I'm a big League of Their Own fan. That's really where I became a Gina Davis fan. Um, but she's great in this. Uh, the Fly has 79 Metascore. A 7.5 IMDb user score. 
uh, Corey and I did an episode of Movie Club a few, I think just over a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, of the original 1950s The Fly, which is a very different movie than what you're about to get into. Um, without spoiling anything, I will say there are images in The Fly we're about to watch that haunt me to this day. Because um, I, I don't know if you know this about Cronenberg, but he is a body horror expert. That is... Can go ahead uh, yes i have heard that i think that i tried to watch scanners i don't know if i've watched the whole thing I have. so i so i don't think that i've watched a whole movie by him interesting um mike is a big fan uh mike has seen many more in fact recently he talked about exit existence or existence, oh yeah which i've been meaning to get to i have not um i've seen the fly i've seen scanners um, and I want to watch Videodrome, but I've not seen it. It's high on my list. I forget he did the original Dead Zone with Christopher Walken, and I really want to watch oh, that. Oh, you know, that is streaming somewhere. I can't remember if it's on Shutter or Amazon Prime, but it's on one of those two. But um, Cronenberg, notorious for his uh, his body horror. So um, now, uh, editor for BerkReviews.com, David Ortega, and I uh, watched the fly together uh we were a while back it's been a couple years now before we started doing this podcast we were kind of david and i were kind of doing the same thing where each week we would either he would come to my house or i would go to his house and we would watch one movie that one of us owned that we had never seen before um and the fly was one of them and we both were just so into that movie we loved it and i am so excited to watch it again because i it's one um, I actually taught the 50s one to my students after we did the podcast on it because I was like, oh, this is really cool, and I would love to show this one, but it's a little sexual uh, compared to the 50s one, especially compared to the 50s one. The 50s one is very sterile, 50s sci-fi. This is uh, 80s sci-fi all over the place. Goldblum is at his sexiest um, in this movie, so know that going into this. You're going to get sexy gold uh, Goldblum, um, but oh man, uh, this movie is so good. I... I Really can't wait to watch it, and I'm looking forward to having our episode next week about it. Me too. So, listeners, if you uh, are keeping up and you're watching with us, you can reach out to us, tell us what you think about the movies that we watch. Am I wrong? Is Corey wrong about our opinions of Dawn of the Dead? Or do we nail it? Um, and just like that, with uh, if you like The Fly or if you watch The Fly, tell us what you think. We might put your thoughts on the episode. Um, you can reach out to us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R. Star, two R's on the end. And BurkeReviews.com is going through a, uh, a facial, I guess you could say. That's not the right word. Yeah, that's a word. Facelift? Facelift, that's what I was going for. Um, not face off. This is not Travolta and Nick Cage, no, no. But uh, there's going to be a new look to the site. Um, it should be up this weekend, in fact, by the time you're hearing this. Uh, there's a few glitches that are happening here and there, but if you run into anything, please hit me up on social media. I'll get it fixed as soon as possible. But... Um, just a, a little cleaning up and i think it's looking pretty good uh if you like the podcast we ask that you please rate and review us and it helps us find new listeners so you can also share it on your social media so that people see it and give us a, a listen if they like movies i feel like they'll enjoy what we have to say um that said until next time listeners keep watching movies this has been a book reviews podcast bookreviews.com Do you like movies? Do you like podcasts? Or are you just lonely? If the answer is yes, and even if it's not, 
and check out the What I Watch Tonight show's filmtastic selection of podcasts covering the entire movieverse as something for everyone. So come check it out. More details at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or from all good podcast providers.